Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. Hey there, guys. I wanted to tell you about something new. I've launched a Patreon account, patreon.com slash Brand. People have asked about getting more content. More insight, more information from me, and now that's available through various tiers. If you're able to join on Patreon.com, you can get shout-outs from me. You can get the Business of Sports podcast transcripts. You can get Ask Andrew questions, weekly newsletters, all kinds of ways to interact with me, including a monthly conversation about whatever you want to talk about, jobs in the sports industry, breaking into sports. It's all available now on Patreon.com, Andrew Brandt. If you're able, please join, select your tier, and be able to have further content and interaction with me. Patreon.com slash Andrew Brand. I hope you join. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. I've had some guests over the past few weeks. It's time for a Brant's Rants. There's so much going on in my world, the business of sports, especially the business of the NFL talk about what's going on if there is going to be an NFL and negotiations with the players. We'll talk about Patrick Mahomes' deal, my counterintuitive take on that, which I've been out there saying, but it's time to get into it here. We'll talk about the Washington Football Club and the name change. We'll talk about college football, the Ivy League's decision. We'll talk about, gosh, there's so much stuff. Obviously, Deshaun Jackson, what's going on here in Philadelphia, where I sit today. All right, let's get into it, and we'll have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings, in the middle, but let's get right to it. First of all, the big picture. Uh, The NFL and the NFLPA negotiated a new contract for the collective bargaining agreement, the macro agreement, the Magna Carta that governs the NFL and the players for the next 11 years in March. It sort of settled and ratified finally by the slimmest of margins on March 11th, which was the day that the world changed and everything shut down. So it's just amazing that that happened. And I'm sure at that time with the virus just percolating, they didn't really think that they'd have to get back at the table. They didn't think that they'd be negotiating financial terms maybe for 10 years or 11 years but lo and behold, they're behold, lo, lo and behold, they're back with a different president of the Players Association, no longer Eric Winston, still an offensive lineman, J.C. Treader, the center from the Cleveland Browns, and here we are. Now, this is following the same exact pattern in my mind that I predicted for two months, baseball. Baseball had a two-part negotiation, one getting through some health and safety protocols, 
you know, you remember the no spitting, the no sunflower seeds on this, and they're trying to get through that, and they've got their 116-page document that goes through all the protocols. Okay, then the harder negotiation, certainly in baseball and as I predict in football, is the financial negotiation. So financially, they've got to figure out what is the appropriate haircut that the players take for the diminution of revenues based on no fans. Now, in baseball, no fans means no fans, and they're going to do that the whole season. Football, we'll get to. Okay, they want fans. They're expecting fans. They're hoping for fans. We don't know how many. Baseball, throughout that whole discussion, never got a deal done. Yes, they're going to play baseball, but they never got a deal done, ever. So the commissioner imposed, as was his right per the collective bargaining agreement, a season, a 60-game season of prorated salaries. So whatever that is, 30%, 40% of a season, 35% of a 162-game season, whatever that comes out to, and the players will make their according prorated pay. That happened in baseball. It's now the discussion in football. But they're not even getting through the protocols for health and safety because, as we've talked about, players are starting to realize in bulk how difficult it is to thread the needle to play a game of extreme force and extreme close contact in a raging virus nation. I'm sure the NFL, as I talked about, through the spring, March, April, May, they're sitting back, right? They're saying, we're good. You know, let baseball and basketball and hockey and soccer, let them figure it out. You know, we'll wait and watch, see what they do with tracing and testing. Because by July or August or September at the latest, it's going to be all good, right? This country is going to take care of it. The curve is going to be flattened. There won't be a, a vaccine, but people are going to be into, you know, it's going to be down to hardly anything, right? Wrong. <laughs> the virus, as anyone who doesn't live under a rock now knows, it's raging. And it's raging in Florida, okay? You got three NFL teams there. It's raging in Texas. You got two NFL teams there. Arizona's got a team raging. California, not so much in northern where the, where the Niners are, but certainly in Southern, where the two teams are. And it's getting worse, not better, because, I don't know, I don't want to get political, because whatever, people just got tired of dealing with the virus. We didn't have a collective will, and I don't think we have a collective will, me included, maybe, to shut down again, to go through stay-at-home again, to actually deal with this again like we did in March. This is a problem, and it's a problem society-wide, but drilling down here, it's a problem for football. The ep definition of playing or practicing football, blocking, tackling, etc., is diametrically the opposite of social distancing. Every play in football, except for touchdowns and running out of bounds, I guess, results in, uh, from extreme force applied at very close range between two people. That could be droplet exchange. That could be viral exchange. All of that could happen. So there will be positive infections, and the NFL, unlike basketball, baseball, I'm sorry, unlike basketball, hockey, soccer, is not going to bubble. 
there are going to be daily interactions between players and their family, and then their family will see other people. And there could be immunocompromised people, and there could be elderly people that get the disease. And then we talk about what happens to teams in the league and, and, and liability and waivers, and what about opt-outs, and do opt-outs get paid or not? And if they don't get paid, do they lose a year of service? And what if they have a doctor's note? Would they get paid and keep the year of service? This is all not ironed out. As I record this on July 9th, they're talking about rookies reporting in 10 days and veterans in 20 days. No, no, I don't see it. As for preseason games, uh, they slashed it from four to two. Listen, uh, with all due respect to coaches and, and players that need to show themselves Preseason's not high on their list of priorities. You know, I, I can't see preseason being an issue or being an existence this year. You know, we're hearing about the Big Ten pushing football back uh, because only inter- interconference schedule, uh, intra-conference schedule. You know, obviously they're looking to buy some time because the games will be later now, start season later. Everybody's looking for time right now when you thought that this was the time where it'd be safe. But it's hardly safe, and the virus, again, is out of control even more. It's hard to admit, even more than when we started this in March. So we have raging, uh, and I've said this many times, if this was all about health and safety, we wouldn't be playing. None of these leagues would be playing. But all these leagues are playing because of economics, and that's my expertise. I get it more than anyone, of course. You're not going to shut down these businesses. The NFL is a $15 billion business and counting and growing. Is that going to be shut down? Well, they'll do everything they can not to, that's for sure, and we'll see where it goes. But listen, we're trying to thread a needle here that we're trying to mitigate as as much risk as possible. We hear today about they can't exchange jerseys after the game. They've got to stay six feet apart. I'm like, really? After three and a half hours of sweating on each other, maybe spitting on each other, rubbing up against each other. I'm not trying to be crude. This is football. Basketball I worry about too. Basketball is all close contact, all breathing hard on each other. And we hear about airborne, especially indoors, which the NBA is going to be. I worry less about baseball in terms of the game, but baseball in terms of locker room. You know, we're seeing all these COVID positives in baseball training. People just getting together to train, not even in their formal organized workouts. So there's not, there's so much risk here. What am I saying? I have been completely confident the NFL was full speed ahead, but I just don't know now. Because my worry is these four leagues are starting now. I think they'll all start. NBA, MLS, which has started. Major League Baseball and hockey. I am convinced. No, that's that's too strong a word. I am certainly not sure that they all finish. And then the NFL is in this precarious position. If they say one of these leagues, pick a league, the NHL, the NBA, says on on August 6th, you know, we just can't, you know, we just can't. We got too many infections. We're losing competitive balances affected. It's just not going to happen. Then what do you do? My question to the NFL would be then, are you really going to start in that environment when one league has just shut down? Are you going to sh- gear up? It's a question. So in terms of the players, the NFL asked for the haircut of 35%. 
Obviously, the players say no, but I knew it was coming. And the 35% escrow, as I understand it, and I may not be entirely right on this, if the league goes through 35% loss looking back in February on the 2020 season, everybody stays where they are with money. If the league loses only 20% of revenues, maybe players get back 15%. I guess if the league loses 40% of the revenues, the players still only have given back 35% and they keep the 5%. But obviously, there is probably an opening offer, but can they still get something done? You know, you hear a lot of players talk tough right now, but we're not there yet. Deadline spur action. And as again, in baseball, they never got a deal done. We'll see what happens in football. And speaking of football, college football, the Ivy League cancels. And they were kind of a harbinger to things to come back when they canceled the Ivy League tournament in basketball in mid-March. And then everyone followed suit. Some people said they were too cautious. And if we learn anything about the virus is the people who are quote-unquote too cautious handled it the best. That's the winning philosophy in practice here, the quote-unquote too cautious philosophy. You know, the Power Five football, college football has already kind of put out the words that, hey, they're different. They don't depend on football revenues like we do. In other words, kind of a smart, snarky, you know, they're the smart kids. They don't have enough guys, as many guys going to the NFL. Listen, I get it. And, and again, we're back to business and Power Five conferences want to play football desperately. But let's lose that. You know, they're all human beings. They're all human being football players. And if the Ivy League determines that Harvard and Yale can't play football, you would think it's the same rationale why LSU and Alabama can't play football. The difference, of course, is money. And we just have to be honest about that. If the SEC and the Big Ten, which is doing conference only, decide they're going to play football and the Ivy League doesn't, what's the difference? You know, it's not, it's not like smaller players get COVID more than bigger players, right? It's not like there's a different brand of football in the Ivy League that has players closer to each other than in the Big Ten. So the difference is money. But let's just be honest about it. You know, it's not different. It's the same sport and the same species of humans. So that's where we are with football. I think we're going to have some serious negotiations now between the NFL and the NFLPA to see if this can happen. And I do think there's, this, there's a contingent of NFL players that, you know, I was negative about that deal on the player side, that is pissed off still about being thrown into that deal. I mean, remember the, the, the vote? A thousand players, basically, out of two thousand, said no. We don't want this deal, and they're drag kicking and screaming into an eleven-year deal. Now they've got a chance to sort of buck up again against ownership. So this will be tough. This will be negative. This will have a lot of ramifications on whether they play or not. Again, I said this about baseball. Baseball may not have played, and it wouldn't have been due to health and safety. Football may not play, and it may not be due to health and safety. Let that sink in. Okay, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. I've taken a counterintuitive view on Patrick Mahomes. I know everybody jumps on the number. Maybe that was the goal. Not maybe that was the goal of the representation for Pat Mahomes. Get the number out there. Get the major media sources to put it out there, and then everybody is jumping on it. 
half a billion dollars. Now, of course, it's not that. That's with a ton of incentives. Maybe it's 450, maybe it's 470 if everything is earned. And that's obviously a number that people jump on an incredible deal for 12 years. But nerds like me jump in and say, wait a minute, let's just not run away with the number. And I know a lot of people say that's the number they run away. It's great, Pat Mahomes. But we got problems here. And I am looking at this as a much better deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. They have the most precious asset in the NFL under contract for his career. They never have to worry about potential free agency. Not him being a free agent, but even him getting one or two or three years from free agency. It's the most gold standard to have your franchise quarterback under contract unlimited. And when I heard 9 or 10 or 11 or 12 years, which is actually is 12 years, my first reaction was, oh, there's got to be optionality in the contract. Optionality either with an opt-out, like the NBA stars have, or with adjustment. Like uh, players passing by, and I'll get to that in a second, he gets adjusted, his contract gets moved up. Or number three, potential optionality where players, uh, he would have some cap percentage that rolls in every year. And for a while, it looked like Adam Schefter was reporting that he had that. But no, none of that. No optionality. It's the Chiefs, of course, that have the optionality that if, you know, if Patrick Mahomes is not great all the way through, it's not guaranteed. You know, this is not Mike Trout. This is not Bryce Harper. This is not a fully guaranteed deal. So we talk about a different kind of deal when you're dealing with football, even the best player in the league. So that's my problem with this. I mean, the short-term money is not good. Over the next three years, he makes $63 million. You know who else makes $63 million over the next three years? Teddy Bridgewater. Can you compare those players? No. Teddy Bridgewater was a free agent but didn't have a huge resume to get it, and he got $63 million from the Carolina Panthers. Same money that Pat Mahomes is getting. Now, Pat Mahomes has huge money coming later in the deal, but... Can we really, and here's another comparison. Over the next three years, Ryan Tannehill, left for dead by the Miami Dolphins last year, traded, is making $91 million. He's making $63 million over two years. Over two years. So the, the early money in the deal is not only not what it should be, but it's, it's really low for a player like Pat Mahomes. And he could have played out his option next year and taken a franchise tag and made about the same money, and then done a new deal with the leverage of the being under the tag, and I think he'd make more than he's going to make. That's why I don't get this deal. The Chiefs were able to leverage whatever interest he had in being there his whole career, and whatever they had the mark set on of half a billion dollars, and get the deal they want. They have no groundbreaking precedent in this deal. Right? So who, what player in the league is now going to get the things that we talked about? Opt-outs or fully guarantees or adjustment to the market or adjustment to the cap? I don't see anyone. So the Chiefs were a win for the entire league. Okay, now when I say this about the Mahomes deal, I admit, I'm honest here, I got a problem even saying this. Because the guy who did the deal is Lee Steinberg. Lee is a friend for a long, long time. And when I came up in the agent business many, many years ago, he was the standard. He was someone I looked up to. He was Lee Steinberg. 
I know him well. My part, my the guy I work with at Villanova Law. This I run a program named for Jeff Morad. Jeff Morad was Lee's partner for so long. Lee's come to Villanova and spoken to my students. Lee and I have seen each other every year. I enjoy his party at the Super Bowl. So it pains me to say things about the deal that I see as potential weaknesses, but I have to be true to myself. I have to be true to what I do, and my authenticity is most important. I admire Lee Steinberg. He's been through a lot. He was at the top of the game, went through some tough personal times, started up again, and got this kid Mahomes, and now here he is. I just worry about Pat Mahomes, the market passing him by, and people whispering in his ear, and this actually hurting Lee in a few years, where they say, hey, you know, this guy's making more, this kid that came out in 2022 or 2023, and look what he got. Because it will happen. It will happen, and then Mahomes will be tied up forever. And you don't want that situation if you're the Chiefs or if you're Lee Steinberg, where he's hearing about all these players that aren't his level getting bigger contracts. And as far as Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, I don't think they're going that way at all. I think they're going the way of shorter deals. You know, you look at uh, Ryan Tannehill, CAA. They represent those guys. I think they represent uh, they represent uh, Dak Prescott. So they're going to go shorter to give them another bite at the apple of free agency. So we'll see about that. Uh, obviously, I'm not saying it's a bad deal. You know, you walk away with 450 whatever it is, million dollars. But I just want to see it. I think we need to revisit this deal in a few years and it won't look like it is looking now and everybody jumping on the big number. I mean, I think the Chiefs are thrilled. And uh, Mahomes is too, but we'll see. I'll have some more rants in a minute. First, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. They've brought their expertise to legal sports betting as legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S. Rest assured, your funds are totally secure. It's safe. It's reliable. You can deposit. You can withdraw money at your convenience. So head to the app right now. Check out all they have to offer, including player props, live betting, and so much more. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code ROSS, all caps, R-O-S-S, when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code ROSS when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Back to the rants, let's talk about Deshaun Jackson. We have a situation, as they say. He Instagrams out, I guess, posts. Uh, and by the way, I just started on Instagram. You want to check me out, Andrew Brandt, too. Still trying to get Andrew Brandt. I know I'm, I'm, getting, uh, I'm losing my monogamy with Twitter, I know. But people tell me i got to get on Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, Deshaun Jackson puts it out. It is a quote uh, about Hitler, about from Farrakhan. It's obviously antithetical towards Jews. It's something that you read and you say, "Oh my God!" He's basically calling out Jewish people in a very anti-Semitic way. And 
you know, first of all, Deshaun Jackson is not 24 years old. He's almost 34 years old. He's 33 years old. There's not a lot of excuses for that. Uh, he knows who Hitler is. He knows that Farrakhan has been an anti-Semite. This is something that just doesn't seem where he can sort of apologize it away and say, now I'm going to learn. Yeah, he's going to learn. That's great. But this is, uh, you know, this is more than I think other people saying things that they are totally ignorant about. You know, it's hard to be ignorant about the word Hitler. I, I just think it's abhorrent what he did. It's vile. And now we get to the Eagles. What are they going to do? Well, you know, usually this time of year, front offices are getting those calls from unrecognizable numbers, like what the player do now. We're getting ready for camp. This is different. You've got our Jewish general manager and Howie Roseman. You've got a Jewish owner and Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, we've got a problem. So he is, as of this moment, still on the team. I think that bodes well for him that he hasn't been cut yet. They can go all the way from termination to doing nothing. I think it'll be somewhere in between. I know a lot of people are going to call for termination, and I understand it. The problem for the Eagles, they've got a precedent, and for them it's a bad one. Under Chip Kelly, they had Riley Cooper. They had no other receivers, and Jeremy Macklin got hurt. Riley Cooper said the N-word. It was caught on tape. What'd they do? They sent him home a couple days, got him in sensitivity training. They needed a receiver, let's be real, and they, and they took him back. And yes, there was something about Michael Vick taking up for him, but Sean Jackson was on that team, and obviously it affected him. And that was a problem. And now the problem is coming to bite them because I'm sure Deshaun Jackson is raising that or his agent about what to do now. I think there probably could be a suspension. But again, the time is something I think that is helping Deshaun as he tries to make amends and apologize and learn and all those things. But this is tough. And I think what we've seen out there in the social media world, we have not seen the outrage on this that we have seen with some of the other issues in civil and social justice over the last three months or the last month. Why is that? I'm not exactly sure, but I haven't seen players on the Eagles either step up for Deshaun Jackson or denigrate him, which is interesting as those many players in the Eagles were involved in other matters on the social justice front, on the racism front. It would be nice to see consistency uh, with people uh, and take up for this. It is interesting that people sort of shy away because I think they don't want to be caught up in the equivalencies, right? Uh, and maybe I'm guilty of that too. I don't want to get involved in speaking up and saying how vile Deshaun Jackson was to be told that, oh, you weren't as strong about African-American discrimination. Well, I think I was and have been, but it's not a game. This is not the shame Olympics. This is not who deserves more uh, outrage. I don't think you grade those things. But, you know, what social media has become is you worry about reactions. Um, I'm trying to get over that. I'm trying to just sort of say what I think about Deshaun. I've taken a business approach to it in terms of what the Eagles are facing right now because of so much precedent they're dealing with, with the Riley Cooper situation. So we'll see where that goes. I guess my best guess on what happens to Deshaun Jackson would be a one or two game suspension. 
Uh, and we'll see. But again, back to the football, it's not like Riley Cooper. Eagles have receivers that they didn't cut Alshon or trade Alshon. They drafted a receiver one. They drafted a couple more receivers. They traded for Marquise Goodwin. They'll be fine without Deshaun Jackson. He is kind of a luxury item, but he's got guaranteed money too. There's the other part of it. And they're probably looking through the lawyers if they can get out of that guarantee for what he did. All those things going on right now. All right. That's Deshaun Jackson. Um, my last rant is the team I grew up with. Uh, the Washington Redskins, and yes, I did say the name. I grew up going to Redskins games since I was a baby, toddler. My dad taking me all the games. RFK Stadium, some of my most memorable moments. Moments. I was there for so many. I was there for uh, NFC Championship. We won to go to the Super Bowl. I went to some Super Bowls. I was there when Joe Theismann had his leg broken by Lawrence Taylor. I was there for so much. Uh, and they've always been my team until sort of I moved away and worked for the Packers and their ownership changed and that kind of fell away. We've been here before with the name change and the polls and the research and the Redskins put out a statement last week that they're going to look into it and they're going to do a thorough review. And I, I'm like rolling my eyes like, okay, thorough review. We've been doing thorough reviews for 20 years and they're just going to find focus groups that like the name and blah, blah, blah. But now there seems to be some real momentum as Daniel Snyder and Ron Rivera are talking to each other about a name change, that this thing is happening and Roger Goodell supports it. We haven't heard from other owners, which I'd like to do. And I still will believe it when I see it, but there appears to be this momentum not only to change the marks, but to change it for this season, which to me would be a Herculean effort because I know how the NFL moves. It's like a freight liner moving in a small dock. Trying to be nimble on this is tough with logos and marks and patents and trademarks and inventory. But the power of sponsors, Nike, Pepsi, and most importantly, FedEx, their naming rights partner, this is, looks like it's happening. Because we're in this climate of moving towards more equality, and that's great. And this Native American issue has risen to the top, where it's always been pushed back behind other events. And it was for most of the spring, and here we are again. Again, I'll believe it when I see it, but you know, Dan Snyder is under pressure. And it looks like it's going to happen. We even hear about his minority partners being getting out, you know, and hired investment bank to get, get their shares sold. So he's under fire here. I do tell this Daniel Snyder story. I don't know him. We grew up near each other. I don't know him. I've never really talked to him, but I, I know a friend who had his daughters play with Snyder's daughters. Didn't know Snyder came to pick him up one day. Snyder's there. He says, Hey Dan, thanks for letting my girls play with your girls. And no joke, my friend says that Dan Snyder said to my friend, that's Mr. Snyder. What kind of person says that? That's just, I continue to shake my head at that. Name change could happen. And uh, obviously there'll be a spike in sales once the new, new change comes out. I just think it's just too, to try to move that in by September is really hard. I'm guessing... There's some provisional aspect of it for 2020. I, I don't know what that means, a holdover name or a name without logos, uh, getting rid of all the imagery, maybe still have it calling it the Washington Football Club. Uh, but it seems to me it's hard to maneuver to get it in this year, maybe more next year. 
Okay. <laughs> That'll do it for my rants. Um, we are at quite a precipice with this virus, really sort of the macro issue of everything. I am not confident these leagues that are playing are going to finish. I have questions about the NFL. Their full speed ahead approach throughout the offseason now seems to be, you know, looking at that railroad crossing and the red lights are coming down. When they'll go up, we'll see. But this is all fluid. And uh, pardon the pun with what we're talking about with the virus, but everything is in flux. Everything. We'll figure it out. Okay, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Business of Sports, Brant's Rants Edition. Thanks to my producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal. Thanks to my musical producer and my son, Sam Brant. Thanks to those who give us ratings and comments on Apple Podcasts. Truly appreciate that. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Go to my Patreon, andrewbrandt.patreon, for more access, more levels of tiers of content from me. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today.